NFL season has come back. Week one, Bills, Rams, this week. Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I am Charlie Witkowski. I am joined this week, as always, by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. We preview week one this week with the Bills and Rams kicking off tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to the Process Podcast. Um, in L.A., we talked about that game, our concerns, the Bills offense, Bills defense, the Rams dangerous offense, as well as we get into some of our season predictions. Where can the Bills finish the year? What are our thoughts? Do we have any new hot takes now that the preseason is over? You'll find it out all on this episode of the Process Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to our sponsors, Ethos Performance Rehab. If you want to feel better and play better, call our friends at Ethos Performance Rehab. Tell them that the Process Podcast sent you. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica on Facebook at by Nick Veronica. You can follow me on Twitter at childwit 68 And most importantly, follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. And give us a like and a follow wherever you listen to your podcast. Most importantly, remember to always trust the process. Welcome in, everybody. It is week one of the NFL season. Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie. That is Nick. We're back again. Nick. uh, You are very excited. I'm very pumped. Like I even got my Bill sweater on and it's like 87 degrees outside here in Atlanta and I'm still wearing a sweater because why not? Um, I really thought Nick we were going to get on today and, and talk about uh, how since the first time since April, there's a team not named the New York Mets in first place in the NL East. Why would, why would you think that it's officially Buffalo Bills season? <laughs> it's football season. Bills Rams NFL kickoff. Are you are you ready? You, you we gotta get you hyped, man. You don't seem hype enough. I keep my hype on the inside, Charlie. I know you do. I know you're you're an inner hyped guy. I am a definitely let the hype show guy. Um, the main question is, Nick, are you ready to get bombarded with text messages from me every single game uh, for the next eighteen plus weeks? You know, it's like it's like if the Bills are losing or it's it's a close game. You know, within one possession, like likelihood of a Charlie text message. Like, I, we got to get the analytics going on on text message. You know, no, nobody, you don't care if if they miss holding when it, when the Bills are up by twenty one. But if you know they're down by three in the third quarter, oh my gosh! Watch, watch out for that Charlie text, right? Yeah, you know, I watched the uh, my neighbors across the street. They're big Clemson fans, so you know, last week really being the first official week of um, college football, we watched the Clemson game uh, with them on Monday night. My my neighbor goes, yeah, you know. I'm kind of like how you are with the Bills when it comes to Clemson football. And let me just tell you, he is not anything like me when it comes to watching Clemson football. He doesn't do a Clemson podcast? No. First of all, he doesn't do a Clemson podcast. Second of all, he is not as hyped as I am watching a game. Uh, so I invited him over tomorrow night to see how a real fan watches a football game. <laughs> so I told him, I'm like, you just can sit there. I'll probably be up pacing for about 90% of the game. But, Nick, let, let's dive into it, man. A lot to get into this week with week one of the football season kicking off tomorrow night. We are less than 24 hours away from Bills Rams at SoFi Stadium um, in Los Angeles. Let's start out with the big news first from today, and then we'll talk about the game. Dawson Knox had a four-year extension with the Buffalo Bills, uh, so he's sticking around until 2026. Let me ask you this. What does that mean for Jordan Poyer going forward? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. It seems, you know, I hate to say, you know, good news for one guy is bad news for the, for the other guy, but it, it probably feels like that a little bit. So 
I, I think it's been pretty clear that they they don't want to extend him. They want to either make him prove it or they want him to lower his number or they are happy with, with what they're getting and they, they don't see value in that long term. So I think that's been fairly clear already. And I guess I guess this is a reminder of that. But um, I don't know. Maybe for employer side, if you hired a new agent that kind of says I'm looking for more than than is being offered. Yeah, you know, I think um, from what I have heard, uh, they're pretty happy with what they've seen so far from Demar Hamlin back there too. And you know, he's in a, coming into his second year. He looked pretty good throughout the preseason. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, "Look, you know, Poirier's a little bit older. I think he's what five, six years older than what Dawson Knox is." Uh, you know, on the plus side of thirty. So I think that's something that they got to consider with what they decide to do going forward. Um, I don't think Porter's lost a step. I think if they were looking at possibly moving on from him, they would not have named him captain of that defense. Um, but in all honesty, I think all respect has to go to Jordan Poyer. I think he voiced his opinions early on in the offseason and then has kind of kept his mouth shut and just showed up and gone to work and does what he has to do. And, uh, you know, that may pay off for him, whether it's in Buffalo or somewhere else next year. So we'll have to see what happens. But I'm happy to see Dawson Knox stick around. Currently, he's getting paid top five tight end money. I think he's worth that. Um, you know, just saying that out loud, you'd be like, oh, maybe that's a little bit high. But then I saw seeing like where he actually ranks among them. Like it felt like it fit. It felt like going forward. He's he's ascending. He's on a, mm-hmm. a good team. He's on a top offense. And he, maybe, you know, we've all had our fantasy drafts. We saw where he was ranked. He's not in, in the top five this year. But A, that could be wrong. B, he seems like he's stayed fairly healthy. People will get injured ahead of him. And then C, you know, this is this is not just about this year. This is about the future. So, yeah, I think it's fine. I think he's he's not resetting the market, but he's probably no one outside of Diggs in this offense is going to get enough volume to to be in a position where they would even reset the market. Yeah, and you know what? I think the the main thing to consider as well is um, when it comes to what they're doing right now with Dawson Knox. I think you've seen it a lot with with players throughout the offseason as well who are getting paid. All of a sudden, they're top receiver, top tight end, or top quarterback. That's just for this year. Once guys go, go in and get re-signed, I think, you know, uh, Darren Waller, for example, is due a big contract at some point this year. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's going to jump Dawson he's, Knox. He's hoping it happens tomorrow. He is. He is hoping it happens tomorrow. And I think the other, you know, you look at quarterback too, same thing with Josh Allen, Pac Mahomes, those guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson is due for a contract. He drew his deadline at tomorrow as well. So we'll see what happens there with Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, but um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see Dawson Knox stick around. I think he's been a big part of the system and, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, Gabe Davis, who I believe is in his last year, his contract this year as well. Um, see if they're able to get him back on a fairly good team deal. Uh, I'd kind of would rather pay Gabe Davis over paying Jordan Poyer if it came down to it. Just because of age or because of position or why? I think position. I think, you know, especially if Gabe Davis comes down and has a strong year, like how he ended last year. Um, I think with him and Diggs on the outside, I mean, show me a better one-two receiver punch in this league right now. Yeah, Davis is—he's a third-year guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's got one more year after this year still. Okay. But I mean, right now he's cheap. Like he's such a value. If you're the Bills and if he's not knocking down the door, saying what the heck? I mean, you gotta right. think about about you know waiting on that. And I think I think being a third year, I think he's probably eligible for an extension after this year for the first time. So they got some time. Like this is. But like this is this goes to show you like in the you have to hit on some of these draft picks because they're so if they if they hit they're so cost efficient 
in their rookie contract. Yeah, and I think Brandon Bean, like we've said before in the past, he's shown that he's been able to hit on guys in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Is the first and second round guys that he's had some issues with, I think. And, um, you know, we'll see. Greg Rousseau, I think, is bound to have a big uh, big game and big big week, uh, big season, you know, with, with Von Miller on the other side. But, um, you know, and truthfully, with this Bills defense going into this week against um, – against LA and, you know, even for, for the season, as it goes on, I think you really look at their front seven. Is, is there a better front seven in the league with what Buffalo has? I mean, they're so deep at defensive tackle. I mean, the Von Miller swing is, is uh, paying dividends a week one. Cause that's what everybody was said about the Rams last year. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it, let's talk about t- tomorrow, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big game. Obviously you're on the national stage. Um, you know, if you would have told me five years ago that this is where Buffalo would be, I, I would think that you were crazy. Um, I mean, that for what this fan base has been through, what this team has been through, what this organization has gone through, uh, you know, for for so many years. I mean, what, since you and I have been around in the 30 plus years that we've been around, you know, it's been a roller coaster of emotions with this football team. And now here we are kicking off the NFL season against the defending Super Bowl champions who, in my opinion, should have been playing these should have been the two teams playing in the Super Bowl last year if it didn't come down to the last 13 seconds. You had to bring that up already. We've been on the pot eight minutes and 13 seconds already came up. <laughs> hey man, it's got to uh it has to be mentioned because that's the last time we're mentioning it probably until we play Kansas City in week week seven. You know uh, what though? I mean if okay if you if you were like you know you ever see those weird props for the Super Bowl it's like how many times will they say Robert Kraft or whatever Mm-hmm. If I'm giving you an on-the-spot prop right now, at what point in the game will the announcers mention 13 seconds? And I think I will, the second Josh Allen gets the field. Yeah? Okay. I was going to put, I was gonna put uh, the over-under at uh, you know 750 of the first quarter. Yeah, I think the second that Josh Allen gets on the field and the offense takes the field, I think even before the game even starts, right? I think Chris well, Collins. Usually, usually uh, uh, well, I was going to say – I would have assumed a prop bet for that was after the kickoff, okay. but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe even in the pregame. Yeah, I don't know, man. Is, is Chris Collinsworth? Is that not fair? I don't know. Is Chris Collinsworth calling the game, and you know, which makes it even more of me want chance of me wanting to just mute the TV anyway, um, and put the delay with with John Murphy on All right, because uh, oh, can't but, stand Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> that's not an upgrade. Uh, <laughs> listen, I don't. I don't mean to be like. You know, former NBC person here, but like, I don't mind Collinsworth, honestly. People seem to hate him. I know he does. He loves, loves Patrick Mahomes, and he can't wait to talk about it every game. But I, I mean, honestly, outside of that, I think he's he's sharp. He knows his stuff. He's obviously been grinded on the film. I think he he brings a lot that that um, I mean, there's so much, so many people say stuff, and you're like, you know, like like if me or you were up there, we would have said the exact same thing. But I think Collinsworth. Mm-hmm adds a lot that I wouldn't be able to bring myself, which at least being a very, you know, avid sports fan, I appreciate that. Well, let me ask you this question. How, if you, you know, you want to give me a, a prop bet for how long it's going to take him to uh, mention 13 seconds. How long is it going to take Chris Collinsworth to mention Patrick Mahomes? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I would say it definitely will come up in the game. I get over, over under would be, by end of the first quarter, end of the first quarter, I'd probably take. Um, I guess I guess that would be over, but I would say probably I'm thinking in the second half, maybe they're, they'll be thinking about you know the next year's odds or this year's odds and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. So, I, I mean, I would say 
the word Mahomes come, comes out of his mouth. If you gave me a line of two and a half, I'd take the over. Okay. I mean, I, I would think so. I mean, I, I again, think it's going to come up pretty quickly. I think when he mentions 13 seconds, he'll mention Patrick Mahomes and the great performance that Patrick Mahomes had as well as Josh Allen and so on and so forth. But Well, I mean, listen, you know, as long as you brought that up, it's so weird to me that uh, the the Bills, you know, they didn't talk about it at all. They just they just try to like close their eyes and, and make it go away and, and silence it away. And you know, they almost try to do the same thing with the Arisa stuff. It's like just let's just thirteen seconds it and just just mothball it, not talk about it, hope it never comes up. And and uh, yeah. the, you know that one they couldn't ignore. But thirteen seconds, they, I mean, truly one of the worst collapses in NFL history. And, and we, you know, it's just like it's not there because they've stopped talking about it. And I will still say, you know, the special teams coordinator was uh, apparently not asked to return or whatever the case may be. The defense Sean McDermott called after calling timeout twice mm-hmm. was so much worse than not squibbing. Kicking deep wasn't ideal, but you still should have like your win percentage after that should have gone from you know, 99 to 98 or something like that, that didn't kill the Bills. The defense they played is what killed them. Did you know that, uh, you know, Sean McDermott can't fire himself? So obviously, you know, he's got to put the blame on someone. He he could write a napkin, I resign as HC of BUF. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Uh, There was a a deep Belichick reference for everybody. Yes. Yes. No, let's, let's not uh, resign at any point here. I like Sean McDermott. I think he is the coach that's going to get Buffalo over the hump. Uh, and hopefully it is this year. Nick, does it surprise you that Buffalo's in this position opening the season tomorrow? I mean, looking at the Rams schedule, right? Usually the Super Bowl champions kick off the year. Um, looking at the Rams schedule, I really don't see a game on here uh, with them playing at home. That really would have been better than this matchup for tomorrow. No, this is a great matchup and something. Okay, I'll, I I will admit to you, I have not finished the research on this stat yet. When was the last time you could think of a defending Super Bowl champion would open the next season at home and be an underdog in the game? I don't know, man. I mean, like, I'm still just... looking it up. I mean, my, my like my quick thought was. Maybe you know a Peyton Manning retires after the year, and then the Broncos, you know, like that. It would have to be an insane situation. Almost it's like a home dog. You're you're showing off your Super Bowl banner, and you're a home dog. That's crazy. I mean, maybe last year, like wasn't Tampa underdog last uh, year? No, we looked up that one. They were favored by eight and a half against Dallas Week One, and they're kicking off the season against each other again this week on uh, Sunday Night Football. Dallas and. and uh, and the Bucks. That should be a good game. You know, again, Dallas still my Super Bowl option out of the yeah, NFC. The I'm NFC's just, wide open. I mean, man. Tom Brady's had a weird offseason. I think Tampa has a ton of talent on that team. You know, if you heard a couple pods ago, I did pick them to, to lose the Super Bowl to the Bills. Ever things have gotten so much weirder since then. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the the, the Cowboys, I think, are are good, but maybe not great. And they'll probably still end up winning their division. The Philly should be good. You just gotta uh, I, win three games, man. Once you get in the playoffs, just win three and yeah. you're there. That's all it takes. You know, you, you know, look at look at the 49ers in the last few years. They've shown up when they've had to show up in the playoffs. And you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's been able to get them pretty pretty damn close. And I think Dak's a better quarterback than that. Um, but the line for tomorrow, Nick, you mentioned that the Rams are the underdog. Uh last time I saw, and unless it's changed today, um, was two and a half. Buffalo's favored by two and a half. Wild. Crazy. 
crazy to think that uh, the Buffalo Bills are the favorite going in against the Super Bowl champions. A um, couple guys injured in Buffalo, nothing that I'm really too worried about. I think Tommy Doyle and Quentin Morris are really the only two guys at this point you can consider who are out. Um, what do you think Buffalo does with the running back position? Do you see Zach Moss possibly being in a game jersey tomorrow? Maybe uh, Jake, a guy like a Jake Kumaro will sit instead of a guy like Moss. That we're not putting too much pressure on Cook and Singletary. I mean, I, let's face it. I, I think what Moss brings to the table is a little bit different than what Singletary and Cook will bring. Um, you know, maybe they try to use all three. Uh, do they dress two tight ends? You know, in the AFC uh, playoff game against the Chiefs, they only dressed one with Dawson Knox. Seemed to work out okay for them. Um, what do you think is their strategy tomorrow going into to mm-hmm. week one? Yeah, I mean, it's always a little scary thinking of only dressing two running backs. So, you know, if somebody gets hurt, then you're, you know, one guy's going to carry the whole load. But in saying that, I always, always forget that Taiwan Jones is, is technically active, even though he never gets the ball on offense because he's, he's a special teamer. So he is around. You could go two running backs. Uh, honestly, I feel like tomorrow you probably, you're probably going to want the extra receiver, thinking that it, it really could end up being a shootout. I mean, but is Jake Kumaro really that guy that you know really matters? I mean, James Cook is a guy you could well, I mean, the, the, I mean, the last right? guy never really matters until he does. Like somebody right. gets hurt, and then you say, you know, would you rather be short a running back or short a receiver tomorrow? You'd say, yeah, you know what? Let's just go four wide. We don't need a running back out there. I mean, and given this uh, Rams defense, I think that uh, you know, I think we're going to see a pa- pass heavy game from Buffalo. You know, I don't know how much running you're going to want to do on a guy like Aaron Donald or or Leonard Floyd. Uh, you know, in that linebacking crew. But, um, you know, t- let's talk about that Rams defense. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey's still there on the outside. Um, I don't know how much he's going to be covering a Stefan Diggs. Do you see the Rams possibly taking that Bill Belichick route and putting their number one defensive back on the number two receiver in Gabe Davis and then double teaming a guy like Stefan Diggs? That's an interesting thought. I mean, we saw in the playoffs last year, they try to take away Diggs. Okay, knock yourself out. Gabe Davis will have four touchdowns. He's capable. I yeah, mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see like how much the Bills end up utilizing the slot tomorrow. I mean, they got two of them, right? You got Crowder mm-hmm. and McKenzie who you're going to be able to use. Um, you know, To me, Crowder is more of that Cole Beasley guy. I'm curious to see how they decide to use Isaiah McKenzie in this offense this year. Yeah. You know? Um, Brought him and back, could, paid him some money, right? Yeah, paid him some money. He's got some speed, you know, as well that I don't think Jamison Crowder or Cole Beasley had. Um, but I, I mean, you look at that that Rams defense. I mean, outside of um, outside of, of of Aaron Donald, maybe Leonard Floyd, maybe Jalen Ramsey. I mean, the Bills didn't seem to have an issue with Jalen Ramsey two years ago when they came to Buffalo. Um, you know, I mean, is there really anything on that Rams defense that really jumps out to you as, ooh, you know, Buffalo's got to watch out for that? Yeah, Aaron Donald, he's the best guy ever. <laughs> I mean, he's well, like, like a, a game wrecker. You circle him every single time, forever, always in film. Um, you know, I I was interested. I did see uh, Jalen Ramsey has changed his tune. The guy who once said, Josh Allen is trash. I can't wait to play them. Uh, he was asked about defending Diggs or something like that this week, and he said, "You know, I'm not here to to you know talk about how great they are. I'm not here to blow smoke up up you know 
up them. You know, don't don't really ask me about it. So uh, he's changed his tune. I would love to see uh, him get what he's got coming to him. Now I'm going to drop you some stats here, Nick, and let me know what you think. So Hit me. the first first two. So the Rams are actually five and zero in Week One under Sean McVay. Okay, okay. they're a good team. They're they're they win most games under Sean McVay. In the last five seasons, do you know what the Bills' season opener uh, record is? Uh, wow, let's go back and think about it. Last year's season opener. Um, why am I? That forgetting? was against the Steelers. That was a loss. Oh, that's right. Okay, I could not remember, yeah, and I remembered it. I thought it was frustrating. Uh, year before that was it the Jets. Yeah, I think that was a, a dub. Big I was dub. When, uh, year before that was it also the Jets? I want to say it was two years in a row in the Jets. Yeah, and they won both. One was convincing. One was lame. Am I remembering this right? I think so. Yeah. All right. Pittsburgh was lost. Twenty twenty, they beat the Jets. Twenty seven seventeen. Twenty nineteen, beat the Jets. Seventeen sixteen. Uh, before okay, 2018 would have been the really bad year. They got killed by the Ravens. Mm-hmm. That was before betting was legal. That's a shame. Saw that one coming all the way. I mean, you started Nathan Peterman. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, expect, and then before right? that would have been McDermott's first year where they unsurprisingly made the playoffs. They would have had to win week one. Who did they play? Sean McDermott's first game as coach. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to guess Miami. Um, I believe they started end of the year against Miami that year. Um, and they won both those games. So the Bills were three and two. Since no, it was the Jets again. Jets oh, again. Jets again. Wow, they opened a lot against the Jets. Uh, the Bills are actually three and two in season opener since 2017, averaging 16.8 points per game. Yikes. That's you say it's going to take more than 17 points, I feel like, tomorrow to come out on top. Yeah, I mean, that, that's being brought down a little bit by the three against the Ravens, bringing down the average. And I think the the bad game uh, last year as well against... Um, yeah, 16, 17, 27, yeah. yeah. All right, I mean, hey, Josh Allen, uh, even, you know, the, the first two years ago when he when he was first first amazing, you know, he didn't become amazing off the gate. It was, it was you know, so, you know, October, November, really, before you were like, oh, holy cow, like, he's not just, he's not just better, he's like, top of the league good yeah you know um i mean look you, you don't have a conversation about quarterbacks anymore in this league without hearing josh allen's name mentioned you have know fun. yeah I, I mean it's exciting right it's exciting um the rams are five and eight all time against the buffalo bills and they have lost the last two games against buffalo um you know, the last second touchdown back in 2020 um, when the Bills scored on a, I guess you could say, controversial pass interference call. Uh, but the Bills did win that game 35-32. Um, and in each game since moving back to L.A., the Rams have allowed 30 points in each of those two meetings against Buffalo. Okay. Um, how many times, Nick, has either team, I guess combined, mm-hmm. the Rams and Bills, how many times – have those two teams kicked off a NFL season? Um, I have absolutely no idea. I will guess one time before. None. Zero. Neither team has ever opened the NFL season by being uh, the NFL season opener on a Thursday. Okay. So, okay. you know, that's new. Uh, and then the Bills last year, Nick, this is, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a, a, a huge point. 
especially if the game gets close tomorrow. How many games last year, Nick, do you think the Bills won um, that were decided by seven points or fewer? I know this one. They were uh, zero. They were 0-6, 0-7. 0-7 last year. So I think, you know, again, let's chat on that a little bit. I I think this could be a game that comes down to the wire. I know I've talked to some people that think it's just going to be an absolute blowout by this Bills offense, and this Bills defense is just going to be amazing. Um, you know, but I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't a little bit worried about this Bills defense without, um, oh, yeah, without Trey White. Um, you know, you're going to have Dane Jackson and two rookies kind of swapping in and out on the outside. Teron Johnson's going to be on a guy like Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup's a guy that they like to put all over the field. They'll put him in the backfield, they'll put him in, uh, in the slot, they'll put him on the outside. Um, I mean, outside of Cooper Cup, I'm not really too worried about the running backs and Cam Akers or Henderson. No, um, no, you know, I, I, I know McVay was, went on the record this week of saying that, you know, he thinks he has two number one running backs. You know, I, maybe Akers could be, you know, considered a number one back. I don't think Henderson is really a number one back. Um, I'll tell you what, I like I like both those guys. Neither of them, like, scare, scare you coming in, but I like them both. But I would say last year, the biggest the biggest flaw on the Bills' defense was, was run defense. And they added some guys, but... Is it going to be set right away? I mean, Bill Belichick came in last year in the the win game, basically announced to the entire world, we're not passing, we're just running, and we bet you can't stop it. And they couldn't. And teams seem to know that the Bills have a weakness last year. Last year it was was up the middle. So is Tim Settle the answer there? I I would think – I would assume the Rams are going to test that. Um, Yeah, you know, we – you look at this Bills team, right? You look at this Bills defense. Look what they did. They brought in a guy like Tim Settle. They brought in Jones. Um, you know, they brought in you know, you know Jordan Phillips. You know, all three. Those are some big, big guys. You know, in my opinion, all three of those, each one of those guys is better than what they had last year with Star on that defensive line, right? Was a bring back year for Star. You bring back Ed Oliver, who had a big year. You know, last year was kind of an approved me year, I guess you could say, kind of this year. You know, um, he's getting so much love, and I thought last year was better for him, but I, I don't think he's been top 10 in the draft yet. Haven't seen that yet. For and maybe this is the year he takes that jump, right? Um, you know, I'll be curious to see where he comes, especially with, let's face it, they're, they're probably, they can't double team Oliver and Von Miller, right? There's no way you're going to be able to, double, unless your tight end is going to stay in to block on, on, on every play. You know, I don't see that happening. Um, I think I think Ed Oliver's due for a big game. But you know who I think is going to have a huge game in the run defense tomorrow? Who? Tim Settle. Okay. This defense that Leslie Frazier runs is tailor-made for a guy like Tim Settle. For the way that Tim Settle plays defense, this, this defense is tailor-made for him. You know, okay. I, I think he's going to have a big game stop of the run. I don't think the Bills allow 100 yards rushing tomorrow. But Ooh, okay. I'm more worried about the quote unquote noodle arm of uh, Matt Stafford. You know, you hear so much about his elbow surgery that he had. Um, you know, McVeigh has come out and said that he's able to pull, throw the ball 50, 55 times if they need him to tomorrow, that there's no limitations. They did have him on a snap count in preseason and in practice throughout the preseason. Um, so I guess we'll really find out tomorrow what that arm is made of. But again, there's no one really on that offense outside of Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson, I don't think it's going tomorrow from what I've, what no, I've read. He's out. Um, 
I mean, does Allen Robinson worry you on the outside at all? Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, Allen Robinson, how many, what is it? It feels like it's been a decade straight. You'd be like, oh, if he had a good quarterback, he could be top 10. If he had, and it's, you know, how much does he have left in the tank after waiting through all of that? Uh, I think he certainly has has the natural talent, but is he going to gel with his offense right away? I don't know. I think I like him. Uh, I, I wanted him in, in fantasy, and I wasn't able to get him. Uh, it felt like where I was picking. So I, I like him. I think he's finally got a chance to to shine here. Is it crazy that up until this year with Stafford? I mean, and, and I think if the Rams don't win the Super Bowl, I think you can still have this conversation. But I, you know, up until really this year, the best quarterback that Allen Robertson played with is Blake Bortles. I mean, yeah, there, there was like Blake Bortles should have went to the Super Bowl one year. Uh, his coach, not Doug Marone, I don't think it was. Uh, whoever the coach was against, I'm the pretty Patriots. sure it was Doug Marone. Doug Marone, Marone yeah, Marone yeah. against the Patriots. Is that in the AFC Championship? Yeah. Like, had yeah. the game won, horrible clock management that blew the game. I, I mean, I, I can't say that I was sad because that was also the year that they beat Buffalo by, you know, scoring one touchdown and Buffalo just should have found a way to win that game. But um, still, I think New England would have went to the Super Bowl either way. Because um, that was the year the, the uh, Falcons Patriots were in the Super Bowl with each other. And we all know what happened then. When everyone thought the Falcons had it wrapped up. And, you know, sure enough, Brady gets one for the thumb. Um, so just a few few more for you, Nick, going into tomorrow. Um as we mentioned before, both of Josh Allen's week one wins came against the New York football Jets. Um, and Matt Stafford is 0-2 with two touchdowns and one interception versus Buffalo in his career. Um, in 2014-2018, uh, he lost 17-14 to and 14-13, to respectively, against the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, was that the Kyle Orton game? I believe it was, yes. Yes, what a game that was, the Kyle Orton game. <laughs> Man, and then he goes and retires. I'm like, oh, Buffalo's got a franchise quarterback, and nope, he's going to go retire, go back in retirement. How they talked him to come out of retirement in the first place to come, come to Buffalo? Or should it be just... the Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz game? Yeah, was that the game that he got carried off the field? Yeah, who's to say? Yeah, right. <laughs> what a game that was. Um, so, so Nick, I mean, anything really going into tomorrow that might concern you on either side of the football for Buffalo? Yeah, I think you just have to look outside at the Bills defense, at the cornerbacks, and and think teams that can spread the ball, that can really throw, they have multiple options, they have tight ends. Like how how are the Bills going to hold up uh, until Tre'Davious White gets back, or even if he gets back at less than hundred percent? So that that's kind of that's kind of where where the big question mark is for me. I think if if the Rams, even if they do end up having success on the ground, as long as they're not getting nine ten yards a pop, I think. You know, you can you can live with with getting beat on the ground a little bit. Uh, if, if the Rams are able to move the ball at will through the air for chunk plays, 10, 15, 20 yards at a time, and the Bills don't seem like they're able to stop it, or uh, maybe we see if some themes continue from the preseason with Kyer Elam taking uh, some penalties, being a little too grabby. Uh, I think the outside is certainly the, the question mark for me that could – if, if something was to go very wrong tomorrow, I mean, obviously just the offense somehow can't click for whatever case. Uh, and then number two, like the more likely thing seems like the cornerbacks get exposed. Yeah. You know, I won't be surprised if you see a little bit of a, a hiccup in this offense, you know, going forward, it's kind of be just kind of to be expected with the new offense coordinator. I know, you know, they're running a similar offense to what they've had under Dable, but 
you know, let's face it, we haven't really seen the full offense. You know, there's still some stuff that we don't see in the preseason from this offense. So I'll be curious to see how um, uh, Ken Dorsey calls this game going forward tomorrow. It, it should be, in my opinion, an offensive battle. I think both defenses are good, but I think both offenses are just that much better. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Rams are good like this, you know, just because you gave up 28 or whatever to the Rams doesn't mean your defense is terrible. Like they're, they're a very good team. Right. Right. I mean, and let's face it, the, the first four or five games of this Buffalo season are very difficult games, you know, starting out with the defending Super Bowl champions and the Rams. They have a hard schedule. They do. They do. But, you know, look, I, I think at the end of the day, you're, they're going to find a way to obviously make the playoffs. I think they win the division. I think they win the AFC. Yeah, they're pretty big favorites there. You, you know, I mean, let's face it, they're, they're pretty big favorites to win the Super Bowl at this point. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, I, I just don't know if I am – if I'm the Buffalo Bills, if I'm Leslie Frazier, if I'm Sean McDermott, you know, is my focus on taking away Cooper Cup and forcing him to throw the ball elsewhere? Or is my focus on – you know, allowing them to throw the ball to Cooper Cup and try to take away the stuff on the outside. You know, um, at the end of the day, I feel like however you find ways to keep Cooper Cup out of the game is how you're going to find ways to win the football game. You know, Cooper Cup's going to be that game changer on offense, I feel like, either way. Not too worried about the tight ends. I know you mentioned the tight ends. The only thing that worries me on that that part of the game is going to be how um, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, if he has to go out and block a tight end, we've seen him struggle in years past. Right. You saw him struggle uh, last year in the overtime game against the Bucs. You know, he went and, and you know, unfortunately against a big receiver, but receiver beat him, beat him deep and he looked bad. I think this is a big, big season for Tremaine Edmonds. This is going to be his make or break year. Does he come back next year? Maybe not. Uh, I like Terrell Bernard, or Brenner Bernard, is that how you say his last name that they brought in? Um, you know, I think we talked on the last podcast about who's going to take that other linebacker spot. I won't be surprised if he's the guy who's plugged into that other linebacker spot. Um, I mean, he's pretty much a Matt Milano clone. Um, That's so, high praise. I, I mean, I don't want to say as far as same player as Matt Milano, but when you look at their body types and, and, and all of that, they're fairly fairly close to being the same kind of player. They're, they're two guys who um, both at one point coming into the league were thought about being thought about moving to safety. I believe Matt Milano was actually a safety in college at one point uh, before moving to linebacker when he got to the NFL. Um, but I think Brown's going to take be, be a huge part as well as you know what they decide to do with those linebackers. Maybe you see um, in certain passing downs, maybe they pulled uh, Tremaine Edmonds out and moved Bernard into uh, you know some kind of coverage. We'll see. I'll be curious to see how they do that. Um, but I think if you see them doing that a lot throughout the year, I think the writing's on the wall for what they think of Tremaine Edmonds. That's fair. I mean, between Edmonds and Poyer, I think there were two players in the draft this year that you were looking at and you said, wow, those guys look like very, very good prospects. And the Bills chose to not, you know, not put anybody in the hot seat, basically. They went for a need. They stayed with corner. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. You're going to think maybe could, could they have gone – Different way. I don't know. Uh, the Bills, they got a shot to prove it Monday. or I'm sorry, on Thursday. We're going to see. You're not worried about tight end at all. I heard I heard you say that there. I think the, you know, the Rams, they don't need to throw their tight end. I think they have players who are good if called upon. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, look, I think Buffalo, unless you're playing against a guy like Travis Kelsey, who, who's going to 
you know, line up all over the field. No, I'm not too worried about that tight end position. Um, I think Buffalo's done a good job defending tight ends in years past for the most part, but I'd rather see them throw the ball to the tight end than throw the ball to Cooper Cup, right? Yeah, I mean, this face of Cooper Cup's one of the best, if not the best, slot receiver in the NFL right now. And he's a guy who can play all over the field. I'm a little bit more worried about him than what I am about a tight end okay. running back. Is a guy who waits too long to draft a tight end in fantasy? I might just be a, a Tyler Higby truther. I don't know. <laughs> you might be. You might be. I know. I, I, I was a, I I was a Gerald wait. Everett truther before. Like, I maybe it's me. Hey, you also take the, um, you know, you always like your Chris Manhurts uh, draft picks as well late in the draft. So, you know, by the I way, he's, not, he, he's on the free agent wire in our league. I think I just cut him. Uh, since he was my last pick in the draft, and I don't think there's anyone really left this year. So, well, I know better uh, than to start him. So, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he'll get hurt. You can just pick him up, throw him under IR, Bento. He's at least on your team. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, Nick, predictions going into tomorrow. Uh, again, the Bills are favored by two and a half. Yeah, two or two and a half. And we got, uh, the, I think the over is 51 and a half. Uh, I I'm have 50, 52. Okay. I have 52. Um, okay, go to FanDuel, it's 51 and a half in New York. Um, all right, so Charlie, we'll say 52 and Bills two and a half. Which way are you going here? I think, uh, I uh, oops, sorry about that. I was thinking earlier this week and just kind of going through it. I'm like, you know, how could you think the Bills aren't a better team? Which is so weird to say against the literally the defending Super Bowl champions, they just got. Von Miller, which is such a such a big swing. Odell's not on the Rams right now. You gotta like the Bills here. Going on the road's tough. Two and a half. You know, I it, earlier this offseason I would have said Bills and the over. Now that it's here, I'm just worried about things clicking right away in Week One for both teams to hit the over. Um, I'm probably gonna stay away from the total, and I, I lean toward Bills covering. Okay. Uh, I'm going 35, 20 Buffalo. Wow. I think, uh, you know, Josh Allen is going to prove why he's an MVP favorite, why the team is super bowl favorite. Um, and I think that, you know, what a better way to prove that to the world than on opening, opening day of the NFL season. Um, bills by two touchdowns on the road, 35 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the over. I mean, you know, honestly, like the 35 sounds reasonable. The, the 20 is what's what's surprising me here. You think they keep them under three touchdowns? I think that with Jordan Poyer, um, this Bills front seven, um, you know, and, and, and Micah Hyde back there, I think that there's definitely ways to keep this team under, under uh, you know, under 21 points, right? I mean, scoring 20, 21, whatever it might be. But you're, you're going to keep this game. I feel like this game's going to be close to about the fourth quarter, and Buffalo just may pull away. I maybe Buffalo punts twice, hmm. all game. We'll get to see Sam Martin out there for for one or two. Punts. How many times will he hold Charlie? Well, you know, I have him at least holding five times. <laughs> so, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't come down to him holding in, in a Tyler Bass field goal, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited, man. I know that there is a ton of Bills fans out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to Sal Capaccio today on the Pat McAfee show. And, you know, Sal was doing the the, the show from his pool at his hotel there in L.A. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's on Sal's Twitter. It's pr- pretty funny. Uh, so he's doing the the, the show from his, his, his pool in L.A. And he's like, yeah, now it's 
eight o'clock out here. Fans are starting to wake up. He goes, and I'm just seeing Bills fans all over the hotel. It's like I got in last night. There were a few Bills fans on my flight. I know a few of the other media guys had a couple yeah, of Bills fans. Yeah, the airports were crazy. There was some bar brought in like 30,000 Labats or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I, I remember when going down to Jacksonville for the playoff game. Same thing, right? We went down, went out the night before. Bills fans everywhere. I mean, just everywhere. Their Bills fans were all over the place. To me, it seemed like more of a home game than what, you know, the crowd or what, what, what the media made it out to be. Um, but I also heard that 28% of the ticket sales for this game have been sold in New York State. Hmm. So, I mean, that's just New York State. Now, imagine transplant fans like me who would go to the game or, you know, somewhere else. I know, you know, at least 10 to 20 people. I know that's not a lot, but 10 to 20 people in Florida and Orlando alone who are going out to the game. I mean, resale too. You have no idea after they buy it the first time who they're selling to. And how many, how many people are just buying a ticket to go out there and saying, look, I'll go to LA for a couple of days and go enjoy the beach and the warmth and, you know, the beautiful LA, LA nightlife and the, you know, everything out there and then go to scalp a ticket. You know, or wait or, till kickoff and go buy a ticket, or just just not just watch it with fans somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. I, I think there's going to be a lot of Bills fans. I think it's going to be loud, and I think if the Bills get up in the fourth quarter. I think you're really going to hear Bills Mafia really throughout that game on the TV. Okay, you know, uh, and 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 again, you know, we we know how well this team travels or how well these fans travel. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious to see where we end up getting with that, but. I, I have Buffalo winning. I went back and forth all week, uh, but I just think Josh Allen proves why he is an MVP favorite. Uh, Nick, touching on that, I also mentioned that the Bills are Super Bowl favorites. Does it make you nervous at all that everybody, I mean, and it's safe to say that everybody, I think the only one I've heard not picking Buffalo in the Super Bowl is uh Joe on WGR hmm. is the only one who has the charger so far. But I mean everyone that you listen to, national media, local media, even Michael Irvin is picking the Buffalo Bills to go to the Super Bowl and win. It's crazy. You know, for uh someone who loves analytics, it's uh it's wild how many of my predictions come based on the vibes. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna say pre pre Matt Areza situation. The vibes for the Bills were off the charts. They they were it was not not just high. It was it was like comfortably high. Like I never in you know not that we go back we, we have a ton of memories here of the Super Bowl era, but never in really in in a lifetime that I have a memory of have Bills fans been been that confident and that comfortable in with their confidence. Like just just shocking how comfortable it was with. Being that high, like you were, you were ready to set the season on cruise control right to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, so many people like are there's you know whatever they have a hard schedule. Okay, you know, okay, so, you know, even if they they go, you know, like a bad year for this team would be eleven and six, and they probably still win the division. You think eleven wins still win to the division? I mean, people are talking about Miami could be sneaky good and win the division. Miami could be sneaky good. They're still not winning the division. I mean, outside of tomorrow, I don't see the Bills losing against Titans. Don't see the Bills losing against Dolphins. Don't see them losing against the Ravens or the Steelers. You know, I think the got, Ravens are good. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't, I mean, who's I Lamar think, throwing? The, who's Lamar throwing the ball to? Uh, who's the other throwing the ball to? 
I mean, AJ Brown or uh, Hollywood Brown's not there anymore. They didn't use him anyway. I mean, he was his number one receiver. He's got no one to throw the ball to now. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Dobbins is still out. He's still hurt. For I think he's on IR to start the year, much like or on the uh, pup list or whatever, similar to Trey White. So he's out for at least eight games. Um, I mean, Miami doesn't really scare me going down to Miami. I mean, sure, Tyreek Hill, whatever, and Jalen Waddle. You know, sure they have some speed. Not too worried about that. Are you worried about Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers? No. Um, I mean, sure. I could say say I'm worried about the Chiefs. You know, in Kansas City. I mean, the vibes, yeah. uh, Charlie. The vibes with the Chiefs, not good. No, not good vibes. You're a vibe guy, not good. Uh, I mean, are you worried? I'm not worried about the Packers either. A horrible, horrible vibe I mean, with the Packers. Aaron, okay, that's like my my one hot take for the NFL season this year. The Packers are extremely overrated. Aaron Rodgers absolutely relied on Devontae Adams, like relied. And his safety blanket is totally, totally gone. People used to say Brady, Brady's like a little bit, you know, worse, like noticeably worse without Edelman when Edelman's out. This is like that times five. Rodgers is going to have a poor season. I <laughs> think if you wanted to to go chase go chase the money here, chase them in the odds. Like Vikings AFC North championship would be would be a bet to to take. Well, so so you know before I talk about the Bills Vikings game, even you know get into that, which still doesn't really worry me. Um, but maybe it should. People are talking about Kirk Cousins as the. Uh, I think Kyle Brandt today took Kirk Cousins as his MVP. Okay, people are so high on on basically every pass catcher on his team. You got to think that means you're also high in the quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, when you got probably one of the best young receivers in the league, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, Ever. Would be? Like, like through right. this point in his career, Justin Jefferson is like the best receiver at his career stop ever by stats. Right. Adam Thieline is like so underrated. I don't know why he's going so late in fantasy. Take Adam Thieline. Delvin's healthy. Like, man. If Delvin is healthy, you know, come that week. But, yeah, I, I mean – I guess their defense is kind of suspect, you know. I mean, yeah, they they could they could have a good offense, but what's their defense look like? You know, you can score thirty points, but if your defense can't stop a team on seven drives, then it doesn't really matter, right? Um, but again, I'm I'm you know maybe Cleveland sneaks up, but again, with no, they have a good defense, but with no um, uh, Deshaun Watson, is Cleveland scary? I don't think so. Um, you know, truthfully, the only games on the schedule that scare me or that get me a little nervous is the Rams, Titans, because they always play Buffalo pretty tight. Um, Bills can't stop the run. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll find out tomorrow. Well, how, yeah, historically can't stop the run. Right. Uh, and, and, and the Bengals. I mean, those are really the three sure. games on the schedule that really scare me the most. And, you know, and, and I guess you could kind of say maybe Baltimore. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't Baltimore, see Buffalo Baltimore's losing more than three teams. I know. You know, last year, who saw them losing to Jacksonville? Like the Bills, Bills right. you know, can do they show up every game? I don't know. Pittsburgh, I mean, we don't think we're worried about Pittsburgh. They had a winning record and made the playoffs last year with a guy who couldn't throw. Like you could, I could see a world where they upgraded a quarterback this offseason and now they're better. Perfect example, though, with, uh, you know, like you said, last year with Jacksonville, that could be a perfect game for, say, Thanksgiving Day with, um, with Detroit. Right, that could be a game Ooh, that Charlie, Charlie, Detroit, excellent vibes. You have good vibes with Detroit. Did you excellent, watch Hard Knocks? Excellent vibes on Detroit. Really? I don't know. If they, they still don't have like a super ton of talent, but they have excellent vibes. 
Listen, man, Dan Campbell, like, I just want him to leave me a voicemail every morning, just get me <laughs> pumped up for the day. Like, I watched Hard Knocks, like, every night, like, 10 o'clock every Tuesday. And it'd be done at 11 o'clock, and I would be like, all right, I'm ready to, like, run through a wall for Dan Campbell. <laughs> like, I am sitting here in bed trying to go to sleep, and I'm just like, man, this guy's got me fired up. He had the players run one practice before the last preseason game. The players ran the old – he goes, look, your coaches are too busy planning for the preseason game. First of all, if I'm a head coach, I don't give a shit about the last preseason game. But he let the players run the practice, man, and, you know, he's a he's a freaking nutcase. But how could you not love Dan Campbell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, that, you know, they're, they're like sneaky, talented. DeAndre Swift is great. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is underrated. I TJ Hawkinson should be great. He's got a tight end for a head coach. I'm sure yeah. they're going to get the ball his way. Is is their defense ready? I, I don't know. Is, is Jared Goff that good? Not really. But Hutch looked pretty good, though, in the preseason, man. Is you that? Know, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, okay. Looked pretty good in the preseason. He, you know, uh, pretty fast off that line, too. So be curious to see what happens um, in Detroit. I, I will say this. I think Detroit finished a second in that division. Oh, you're, so you're down on Minnesota? I have Minnesota winning. Oh, okay. Detroit okay. Finishing second. Okay. Green Bay Bears. Green. Okay. Listen, Green Bay is still like a heavy favorite in the betting. If you want to make some Which money, is crazy. Just crazy. I mean, how? I, I. I don't. Is their defense like sneaky good that we don't know about? I think Aaron Rodgers, a, a great quarterback, masks a lot of things that are wrong with the team, and I think. You're going to start seeing more of those cracks this year. Let me, I'm going to make this comparison, and I know maybe it's not the most accurate comparison to make, but I'm going to compare, you know, two te- two cities that hate each other. But I'm going to compare the Packers this year to say Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks of okay. last season, right? Okay. Chicago had Jonathan Jonathan Taves, they had Patrick Kane, two of the best players in the NHL. They're not able to make the playoffs. They really didn't show up too well. Now they're rebuilding. I think this is the last year we see Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, despite the contract that he signed. I won't be surprised if he retires Super and goes and, lives, goes and lives in the jungle and, you know, smokes Hiawasa for the, the rest of his life, <laughs> right? Goes and does his own thing, makes movies as, um, you know, whatever his name is, you know, double that he dressed up as walking into uh, training camp, right? Um, I, I don't think – I think Green Bay goes through a huge rebuild after this year, and I think this may be the last year that you consider Green Bay a dominant team in the league. I don't yeah. understand why they are you know, in the top five in every single power ranking right now. I don't know if I'm missing something with that team. Um, so I, 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 I thought you know, this was like my hot take was that Green Bay is overrated. You agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, now, again, now, now let's get – seven games of the year and see where green Bay is, you know, but I also thought the Steelers were overrated last year and look, they started the year out 11 and 0 and look what happened. Steelers were 11 and 0 last or year? two, two years ago. I'm sorry. Two years ago. They started okay. out, they started out 11 and 0 two years ago and look what happened. I think yeah, we had that conversation then. They're right. Uh, this green Bay could, this green Bay team could maybe be the same team, you know, maybe that fraud team, maybe. Oh my gosh. Look, green Bay is 11 and 0. Oh, green Bay is nine and 0. Okay, I, I don't know off. if you saw this. Pro Football Talk put out their uh, their projections. Uh, he he said this is the year we see Mahomes against Rodgers in the Super Bowl. What? Okay, I'm like, 
there there's a word you know if you really wanted to go out there for for an uh, you know a bet that is kind of wild you know parlay chiefs and packers to miss the playoffs like that would have to pay unbelievable and i you know that's that's a foreseeable unlikely but a foreseeable world where that happens i'm gonna have to go look that up right now when I when I Venmo you our fancy football dues, I'm going to Venmo you an extra couple of bucks. I want you to put some money on that parlay for me. I don't know. Me. I don't know if you can if you can parlay those. That'll be interesting. You will have to see. I know. Uh, you know, thanks to my 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 neighbors next door and getting me into all this college football betting on Saturdays. And you know, I don't really bet a lot of NFL. I, I've kind of stick to the college football. Uh, you know, obviously I have my fancy football to keep me busy on Sundays. Um, but you know, thanks to my neighbors next door, I've turned into like a degenerate gambler. Uh, and I have to use the lovely Bovada app, which kind of limits what I can do down here in Georgia till it's legalized. Hmm. Um, you know, hey, it's legal to carry a gun without a permit, but can't gamble yet. So we'll see what happens down here in this state. Maybe when Stacey Abrams becomes governor, things change. <laughs> um, we'll see. Making it but, political on the podcast, Charlie. Hey, Don't man, sorry. 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 Um, I, I oh, mean, okay. Since we, I saw the absolute worst take I've ever seen on Twitter. It was since if if the NFL it said if the NFL had let Donald Trump buy the Bills, they would have won all caps multiple Super Bowls by now. Wow, <laughs> it was like one of the worst things. But it's not like the NFL didn't let you know him do it. He got did, severely outbid. And then what? Did what Donald Trump really tweet that himself? Some guy who's probably looking kissing his ass on Twitter. Yeah, know. you know, I don't think Donald Trump would have won multiple Super Bowls. You know, truthfully, for as bad as the Sabres have been ran, I don't think that the Bills are ran too bad. I think um, when you have a competent GM in Brandon Bean, you're able to take the foot off the gas a little bit and, you know, put your focus elsewhere. Truthfully, I think that's part of why the Sabres have been so bad. Not to talk Sabres. I know it's your favorite thing to talk about, Nick. But I think that's part of the reason why the Sabres have been so bad is that the Bills have been so good that the Bagulas have had a focus so much more on the Sabres that they've kind of taken more control of that team. However, I think Kevin Abs trying to prove himself. Kind of, I'll be curious to see how much Pagula's involved with both teams now going forward. Um, speaking on that and the Pagulas and the ownership, Nick, we can't go on this week without talking about Cole Beasley's comments. I think we could. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> want, I want your take. I want your take. because I, All right, I, I yeah. Know... T- t- tell the people what Cole said. So – I'm just going to kind of sum it up in the most part. And, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I want your take as being a, a, a local media guy, you know, what you think of this as a fan coming from the fan side. I think he just needs to, he just sounds like sour grapes over there. Um, but one thing Cole Beasley did say was that, you know, the wheels were falling off there and things aren't more or less all rainbows and butterflies like what we see it as fans. And he, that's in reference to the bills themselves or to ownership or to who, uh, it sounded like as the Bills themselves, like he was outed for not being vaccinated and all of that. That he, you was know, he, outed by himself. He, he was outed by the organization. You know, they had some some Doctor Fauci wannabe. He said, and Bruce Smith come in and talk about talk to the team about getting vaccinated, um, and 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 I don't know, man. It was just a whole I, bunch I, of gibberish think, out of his mouth. I mean. So there was doctors that went to every team to, to, you know, tell them why it was important to get vaccinated and to tell them that it was safe. And, you know, there were, there were a lot of rules that the bills had to follow last year because they had a a certain percentage of players who were unvaccinated. So 
I see from a football sense why the team would would want to not have to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, um, by the way, he, he did miss a game because of COVID, right? He did, he did, uh, and he says that he did not get COVID until after the league stopped testing vaccinated players. Um, he did say, though, you know, I guess on a positive note, I appreciate the fans who supported me. The most fun I ever had playing football was in Buffalo. My family and I will never forget the memory. Love all my teammates there. I won't, re- I won't regret leaving, though. Things changed within the organization, and it was time for me to move on. Things changed like I stopped getting the ball because I wasn't open. I mean, what, what changed? I mean, are you talking about coaching staff? Are you talking about ownership? What really changed there? Do you think Cole Beasley is like has a direct line to ownership? I, I mean, a guy like Cole. I'm not saying he has a direct line to ownership. I mean, but our, the, the guy, the guy would would made made the Bills a laughing stock of the league in, in for part of the year. Till Matt Ariza came along. Well, he wasn't on the team at that point. We're talking. We're talking last year. He was. He was the face of the NFL's anti-vax movement. He uh, would would. Go off on Twitter. The team hates people who like speak out of line or say things that they shouldn't say. So he would go off on Twitter and then conveniently uh, drop a new album right after he would have a, a tweet storm. Just just a super bad look on all fronts. And you know what 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 do people always say when somebody <laughs> gets gets fired from a job and you say, oh, it didn't seem that bad. It's like well. You know what? If your company liked you and wanted you around, they might have been willing to look the other way. And if they want, if you pissed them off too many times and they wanted you out, they're you know then they're going to make a big deal about a lesser issue. So if there was a time to just move on, not renew his contract, and just you know, hey, go, go ahead and test free agency, like or cut him. You know, he he you know he knows what he signed. He knows the contract he signed. He was cuttable. Cuttable, my favorite new word. Yes, he was definitely cuttable. Um, and they moved on, you know, that's fine. I also, this, I mean, you know, let me look this up before, before I say it, but I, th- I mean, they, they paid him money to, to go not be on the team anymore. It's like, what, what are you, what are you upset about that? You know, that you got to I mean, buy him, out. him and John Feliciano can go and start their own football team together where no one has to be, <laughs> you know, vaccinated or be a good teammate. And, you know, Feliciano is another guy who I think just went from, realizing like, Hey, I had a great chance to go win a Super Bowl with this team. And I poo pooed my chances away. Um, and now I'm going to the giants where I may win three games all year and be absolutely miserable. Yeah. Beasley, uh, has a dead cap hit of one and a half million this year from a signing bonus. So keeping the money, I mean, you're getting a million and a half dollars to not put your body on, on the line every week. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Cole Beasley, you know, throughout the off season. Um, Nick, I know we mentioned hot takes a few podcasts ago, but before we go, do you have any – now that preseason is over, season is set to take off tomorrow, well, today, by the time people start listening to the podcast, um, any new hot takes? Any new hot takes? Wow. Um, I guess I was looking over some of, some of the, the NFL odds recently. I, I had thought that people were a little bit higher on the Patriots, and they're not, so I guess it was not that hot of a take that I had – Miami second, Patriots third, Jets fourth in the division. Um, I don't know. The Patriots, like, not not good vibes at all this year. They could be worse than people think. Uh, let, let me let me see what else I was thinking here. Um, a lot of quarterback unders looked appealing to me just because I don't know how long that they're going to have a job. Sam Darnold under, Trey Lance under. 
Um, I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of they're probably not going to play the whole year. Um, what else is a hot take out here? Let me see. I talked about how I'm I'm high on Baltimore. Thought they had a great draft. They're always there's just a good core, good team, well coached. Uh, what what else am I feeling here? I hope I don't know. I, I'm not taking Cleveland on anything. I just I don't have a good feel for that. Uh, all right, Houston. Let's talk about Houston. People are picking them to be, you know, one of the worst teams. I got a sneaky feeling Houston will be surprisingly unterrible. They're not going to be good, but I think uh, there's maybe maybe a way you can squint and turn your head and see how the pieces line up there. Uh, I think Seattle is definitely the worst team in the league. I don't know what is happening in Seattle. I don't think Pete Carroll is going to make it work better. They're going to be yeah. way too run heavy. They have no quarterbacks. Um you mean you you have no faith in Geno Smith as the number one QB? Uh, I mean, Geno Smith won a job, which is just the fact that Geno Smith is still in the league and Emmanuel and uh, EJ Manuel is doing you know pregame show on the ACC network is just crazy. Yeah, there was a report today that um, they they traded Russell Wilson to Denver because that's where like the only team he wanted to be traded to was Denver. And uh, the the team was okay with that because Drew Locke was the quarterback that they wanted back, and then he couldn't even win the job, which is just like weird in in several ways. Um, I guess I guess related point. We know DK Metcalf wanted out of Seattle this off season. Could he be a deadline target? There's Ooh. there's a hot take. All right, that's a hot take. Ooh. Deadline target DK Metcalf. Okay. Here, didn't he just sign a contract extension? I don't care. Okay. A dude, dude's I, gonna want the ball. It. He's not gonna not it. get the ball. If you're if you're Buffalo, do you make that trade? Do you trade a first round pick for Metcalf? Uh, listen, if you're if you're all in and you need a receiver, yeah. I mean, I don't think they. I mean, look. I, I, does Odell Beckham come to Buffalo? I mean, he said he said. Now I'm, I'm sure he's full of shit. But he did say whoever wins tomorrow is the team he's signing with. I did say I'm still – I don't know what to think about Odell Beckham because um, – all right, you know what? I I uh, forgot some of the details of Metcalf's contract here. The way the way salary cap is, if they traded him, they would have to eat like $34 million. He's not – I got to take that one back. Hot take for a, team re, for a team in rebuilding, Thank you. you think that matters? Uh, thirty-four million dollars. Yeah, that would be like some of the most dead money ever taken on. So, Charlie, okay. thank you for saving me from from hot take land. Uh, this is why we we don't venture there, Charlie. Okay. Let me here. I'll, I'm going to give you a hot take. Okay. This is a hot hot take. I know my hottest take so far has been the fact that the uh, uh, that the Dallas Cowboys will be going to the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm going to give you, and, and maybe it's not a total hot take, but. I don't think Tua Tagovailoa finishes the year as the starting quarterback in Miami. I don't think that's a hot take either. I think under Tua passing yards props are pretty good bets. Outside of having who he has, outside of Hill saying that he throws the best ball that he's ever seen. Which... Dude, they, they've had the weirdest offseason. Like, like I've been talking about vibes on here. Some people have good vibes. Some people have bad vibes. They just have chaotic vibes. Like, What are group... your vibes on their head coach? Dude, the Tua Discord, bad. I mean, <laughs> bad. The guy looks like he should be playing Madden. 
instead of coaching the NFL, which that you know doesn't you know looks don't don't mean anything, but it's just, just, just the, the Tua discourse this offseason just absolutely chaotic. Like like you know I talk about Dan Campbell like hyping me up, then I listen to the coach in Miami talk, and I'm like, is it time for a nap? Like Dude, you know, Tua could throw for 400 yards one week and 100 the next week, and I wouldn't be surprised. He could throw four touchdowns one week and four interceptions the next week. I mean, let's face it. That's the kind of quarterback that Tua is. Without Ryan Fitzpatrick there, I don't know how, uh, you know how how dominant Tua is going to be. Um, but you know, I, I think that's number one. I think number two that if a contract extension is not reached with Lamar Jackson by the end of this year, I know they do have their two options to franchise tag him, and I know it's Lamar Jackson. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Lamar Jackson get moved to the trade deadline if the Ravens are not in a playoff hmm. race. So if they tagged him two years and paid him what they're paying him this year, that's basically the the price of an extension. So I don't know why they wouldn't just make him happy during that time. I I don't I think it's hey you came in you won what what has he done right yes I know he won MVP mm-hmm. I'll give everyone that Lamar Jackson won MVP that's great but let me ask you this question what has Lamar Jackson done in the playoffs you could be yeah the greatest regular season head coach. Right, but if you can't win in the playoffs, does it matter? I mean, well, for I mean, for sports betting, no, not really. Right, but I, I mean, Sean McDermott, for example, right? I think that if he does not get Buffalo over the hump, which I think he does in the next this year or even next year, I think you have to have serious considerations about what is Sean McDermott's future. He's mm-hmm. he has a good football team, and is getting that team to the playoffs every single year. But they get there and they can't get over that hump in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson has great regular season numbers, looks very good, runs to the bathroom, has cramps, comes back and wins a football game that his team had no business even winning. Uh, Looks good in the regular season. Perfect example, the game in Buffalo. Lamar Jackson looked pedestrian. Yeah, he got hurt that game too, right? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, his ego got hurt when he threw a pick six in the 99-yard pick six. But I think Conley finished that game. The playoff game? No, I did. He did Conley finish that? Game? I think at that point, maybe because the game was over. But I think Lamar got hurt. Okay. Well, either way, he threw the pick six, which completely changed that football game, mm-hmm. right? Um, without that pick six, that's a different game. But Lamar didn't do anything great throughout that game. Lamar has not done, in my personal opinion, and I get into this often. There's a you'd be surprised how many Lamar Jackson fans are here in Atlanta. Um, I get into this conversation often with people that Lamar Jackson is 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 Superman in the regular season, and he's Clark Kent in the playoffs. He's just your average average man in the playoffs, and I think that if the team has not signed him at this point to a contract extension, I think his mom being his agent at this point and him not having official representation as an agent hurts him in negotiations. I think Lamar thinks he should be paid top quarterback money. I don't think he's top quarterback in the league. I don't think he's a uh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's a Josh Allen. I hell, I don't even think he's a, a Matt Stafford. Is he a Kyler? Yeah. You know, I don't even think Kyler Murray's that good, but we'll save. <laughs> but he got paid. He got paid. But again, Kyler Murray was, I mean, with, with, he got paid with a, uh, Call of Duty clause, which is just incredible. Talk about bad vibes, man. Did Did you see that stat? By the way, I know we're over time here. Yeah, we're, oh. we're gonna wrap it up. But the fact that every year when Call of Duty comes out, 
how much worse the Cardinals get every year and how much worse. Uh, yeah. Kyle like like, like that, that week when there's some kind of special bonus or whatever he's. Yeah. It's crazy. I saw that it was <laughs> small sample size, but it was funny. Yeah. So it had to be, you know, maybe, maybe the stat of the week that I saw, but uh, yeah, I you have... know, I, I think that's my hottest take. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Is traded by All right. Now, hold on. You, you, I got to ask you. you, you brought something up. This is going to get real hot takey for here. All right. Two part question. First of all, I want you to think about the Miami Dolphins, and honestly, I, I I love their roster outside of quarterback. I think if you took quarterback out of it, their roster is almost, how about defense? I'm okay with it. Do you put their defense up against the Bill, you know Bills defense side um, by side? No, I'm still taking the Bills, but I think it's a lot closer than most people think. So I'm saying it. If you if you took quarterback out of it, the Dolphins are like almost comparable to the bills roster okay you know, obviously you know the bills are a little bit better and then quarterback is obviously the most position the most important position in sports so it's not even close all right but but so just all that in mind what is your win total right now for the dolphins this year Ooh, i think uh the dolphins win 10 10 okay now let me ask you if ryan fitzpatrick was not retired and he was the dolphins quarterback what would you say their win total is 12 wow Wow. I mean, dude, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, look, you can tell me. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Buffalo, I tell you, guess what? I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to win, you know, uh, just as many games as Josh Allen, right? It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, no, in, in all honesty, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is that much better than Tua. You know, he, he, d- 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 does Fitz make some bonehead decisions with the ball? Yes. But um, I think – Fitzpatrick's mistakes and his Fitzpatrick's rights outdo outweigh his wrongs. Right. And I think the second Tua throws one interception, the wheels just start falling off. Hmm. Fitzpatrick can go out there one series and throw a pick six for 99 yards and go out there the next series and look like he's MVP caliber quarterback. I haven't seen Tua do that. Perfect example was the Raiders game. What was it? Two years ago. Got the little face mask pull, which is probably my favorite Ryan Fitzpatrick highlight of all time. Little face mask pull, throws the ball as far as Ryan Fitzpatrick's arm could throw it, completes the ball, they win the game, right? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to me is just he, – he's better than Tua. I, I, it sucks that I have so many friends who are Dolphins fans who are a thousand percent convinced that Tua is going to be on that same path as a guy like um, like Josh Allen, like Kyler Murray. I don't even think – I think Kyler Murray, as low as I am on Kyler Murray, I don't even think Tua is even as close as Kyler Murray. But I will say this. I think Tua will be good enough that Miami will maybe extend him at the end of this year, and he's going to forever be that quarterback who's going to be good enough to get them to the playoffs, maybe give him to one Super Bowl. Perfect. He is a Joe Flacco. Weren't we just talking about Tua getting benched like 10 minutes ago? Yes, but if Tua doesn't get benched, the, he, <laughs> if Tua doesn't get benched, he'll be good enough. you know. And I think having a guy like Tyreek Hill may help protect him a little bit. But I Waddle's think if, good too. Yeah, Waddle's good too. If Waddle could stay healthy, he's had injury issues. Um, you know, I, I think having Mozart too might help them out a little bit You know, with some more speed in the backfield. But um, – if Tua stays healthy and they look okay, then I'll be curious to see where where Tua ends up. 
Um, but I think that he'll be good enough at some point to get a contract extension. And um, and he may may go to a Super Bowl similar to Joe Flacco. I don't think he ever went to Super Bowl. I don't think he brings that Super Bowl Super to Miami. Charlie, the vibes on your takes in the last half hour to a, to a Super Bowl at some point in his career is is his backup this year is Teddy Bridgewater. I see Teddy Bridgewater starting at least three games. You think three? Okay, but between two is injury history and just maybe not being that good. I mean, I think that like they have a good enough team to be in the hunt, and I think you know maybe you're getting to a point where you say we got to just try somebody else. I mean, yes, I think given to his injury history, I mean, you look at their early schedule, right? They got the Patriots to start the week at home, start the season at home, then they go to Baltimore, and they got Buffalo at home, and then they go to Cincinnati. Do you think they come out of two and two and two at that point? I mean, I, I truth that would, that, would, be, I, uh, that would be a terrible start for them. Or are they one in three at that point? I think they beat New England. I don't know if they beat Baltimore. I don't think they beat Buffalo. I don't think they beat Cincinnati. No, two and two would be good for them. But they have a cakewalk schedule outside of the Chargers. Um, I mean, they they play the Jets, Vikings, Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns. Then they play Houston. Maybe the Niners may be difficult. Then the Chargers. Then they play Buffalo again, the Packers, Patriots, and they end the year with the Jets. Like, I think that's why they win ten games okay. because of the ease of their schedule. Okay, that's not fair. because of Tua's totally play. Not totally because fair. of Tua's play. But again, I think with the ease of their schedule, if Tua doesn't get benched, he'll be they'll be looked at like, oh, Tua won ten games. Oh, Tua got us to the playoffs. Oh, maybe we should resign Tua. Give him a five year contract. Oh, Tua got to, you know. I don't think he finished his career in Miami though. I don't think he. Played out that country in Miami, in my opinion. Uh, Nick, before we go, you want to give a shout to our sponsor? I do. It's Ethos Performance Rehab, uh, recently named Entrepreneur of the Year by the Town of Tonawanda uh, Chamber of Commerce. They're being celebrated next week at a luncheon. Uh, congratulations to Ethos. And to you, our listeners, if you want to feel better, you want to play better, you want to not just not not have that nagging pain in your golf swing, in your knee when you're running, whatever it is. They know all the weird stuff. They know what muscle connects where on the bone. And it's you, I can't even explain it to you. I promise you they can explain it better. They know what they're doing. If you want to feel better, call Ethos Performance Rehab and tell them the process sent you. Woo. You're getting really good at that. <laughs> You've we do it. it. We do it enough times. Thank you. Yes, yes. You've definitely nailed it. You are. You know. You could definitely do this for like a living. Like be a professional, like commercial voiceover guy. You gotta get on backstage.com. You're saying? Yeah, I think. Well, I think Ethos should hire you as their full time like commercial voiceover guy. Ethos performance rehab. No, that was bad. You know, throw you on channel four and you know shoot a commercial cut, cut, for cut, Ethos. Cut that one when you edit this. All right, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. I might might leave it in there for oh. for uh, for all, all the fun. So oh, we can make for, fun for, of you uh, Hey, we also want to say thank you to the listener who stayed with this podcast for an hour and 13, 14 minutes, whatever we're at right now. Hey, uh, thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. Hey, man. You know, it's first for we have just so much to get excited about. Like I am emotionally a hundred and. 50% invested in this team emotionally this year. Uh, what could go wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong? Uh, Nick, real quick before we go, do you have a prediction? You said how many wins for the Bills this year? 
Um, yes, I have a prediction for you. I think I was honestly, I thought I was being a little bit conservative. I said 12 and five, um, the, the win total for them was 11 and a half, which is, I don't know. The bills have like a weirdly hard schedule where they should be, should be like on paper, the favorite in the game, but like they could certainly lose a bunch of them. Uh, so I'll go 12 and five, uh, first place in, in the division, I really don't like that the NFL did away with with two two first round buys. Um, I don't. I mean, it's it's just hard to hard to get the number one seed. But um, wish those out there. And this week, I will say Bills thirty, Rams twenty seven. Okay, I have the Bills going fourteen and three. I think they have three losses all year. I think they get first place in the AFC home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And again, we'll see them in the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> uh, because the NFC just looks like it's that easy this year. Man, dude, if Buffalo is in the NFC with this football team, it's like, rough this year. Like, go 17 and 0, no one's touching you. Hell. Um, but I am going 14 to 3. Again, I got him winning 35 to 20 this week against the Los Angeles Rams. Everyone, again, appreciate you all tuning into the Process Podcast. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy kickoff. Nick, I hope you're ready for a million text messages tomorrow evening. Uh, I know I will be texting you because I won't have anybody awake in the house to annoy. All right. I'm going uh, to put you on silent, start. homie. No offense. No, man. You can't put me on silent. I need someone to vent to during the game. My cousin already puts me on silent. I need someone to vent to. You can tweet uh, from the Process account. There we go. There we go. Maybe I'll tweet from the process account. And people will be like, if you if you see any crazy tweets, it's from me, not from Nick. So don't judge Nick. Uh, but again, appreciate everyone tuning in. You can find Nick on on the good old Twitter machine at Nick Veronica, or you can find him on Facebook at Facebook. By Nick Veronica. Yep, you got it. Ooh, finally got it. Took took me almost two years to figure it out. At by Nick Veronica on Facebook.com. Find me on Twitter at Chawit68. And, of course, follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Go Bills. And most importantly, remember to always trust the process.